Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neuroscience, um, Bi- Neurocrine Biosciences, and uh, the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and um, this show today was supposed to be with Seth and BJ um, in a discussion that they recently had um, when they met up in person um, this week and, you know, kind of moving forward with things, but I have, uh, I made a little mistake and um, forgot to um, do the recording, so that's my fault, and so here we are. Um, It's going to actually be Seth and I on here um, discussing well, if you've been watching on Twitter and if you if you follow any type of HD research, um, CHDI is hosting their annual therapeutics conference. And um, HD Buzz does a basically a, a live tweet um, on Twitter and sharing all of the information. And so Seth and I have been watching it. Uh, for the past couple days to see what updates they have. I kind of just wanted to give you guys feedback on that and what we're seeing and things that are um, what we find important um, and what we think is going to be really important with moving forward, um, you know, with our Accelerate HD movement, with the uh, FDA uh, conversations that are planned and um, having other people join us in this this movement to have pre-symptomatic people more involved um, in the clinical trials and being able to participate um, in, in more. So um, it's a really good it's a really good feed from HD Buzz. If you have Twitter, I would highly recommend you go on there and um, and share or not share. Look HD Buzz up and look up the tweets and see what's going on in the conference um, because it really is just um, some exciting stuff to hear about. And HD Buzz just always does an amazing job with sharing information on a level that we can all understand. So um, I don't know about Seth, but I know that I personally go to HD Buzz whenever I can when I need things explained. So, um, you know, it it always makes it very nice to – to to see what they are reporting on there. So I'm going to bring Seth on, and um, we're just going to kind of talk and have conversation about, you know, how, what this means to us and, and kind of our opinions on it. Seth, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, yeah. Th- and can you hear me okay? I can. 
Okay, awesome, awesome. So I was, I was dealing with some technical difficulties, but we're good to go now. And, you know, just excited to kind of give our, our personal perspectives on what we've been learning about from the virtual side of the CHDI conference. And really, it's just, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself, but, you know, it's our, our personal thoughts. It's not to take aim or blame at anyone. It's just kind of saying, like, this is what we think, and this is, you know, what we feel like we could, um, what we could kind of bring to the table. Because I think what's I, I still see as a, as a challenge is, like, how do we make sure the patient voice is included in some of these efforts, and when's the right time to bring it in, and not waiting until the timeline of a company that's trying to build a potential treatment option. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I think is really important too, right? Like the CHDI conference is strictly scientific, strictly research. And so there is not a patient voice really there for that part of it. So those are really good points as we see the stuff that it's it's an opportunity for us to look and go, oh, yeah, we need to talk to somebody about that and make sure that we're really on the ball for that, um, you know, so we can make sure that we're helping. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I would I would say this is that it it's very and for those I don't know I don't know if you shared much, but so I apologize if I repeat it. But you know, for the CHI conference, it's you know really high level scientific research updates on not just treat you know companies working on potential treatments and clinical trials, but biomarkers and science and animal models and way above my head so it's, it was tough you know it, it's interesting seeing HD Buzz tweet about these updates because I think at, even at times I was trying to follow along with what they were saying and I was like wow this is still a little bit confusing I don't what, what were you thinking uh, when you were following along yes I think some of this stuff is very very confusing to follow um, you know and I'm hoping that it gives HD Buzz the opportunity to kind of um, break it down a little bit for us more, and um, you know we'll see some articles come out of it because I think that, um, like you said, there's just some of it that's that's way over our heads, um, you know, because it's very very sciencey. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, let, let's kind of dive into it. I think you know a couple of highlights that I saw again, via HD Buzz, and I'm sure there's always other things that have gone on or they'll probably push out some some recap articles on it. But, you know, one of the things, and I saw that you may have responded, was like about biomarkers, <laughs> right? And under understanding, you know, for those that, that aren't familiar with biomarkers, it's essentially, it's the measurements that we're kind of studying to see, okay, does it, you know, do these certain parts of the brain improve with a certain treatment option, right? Or can we see can we see changes happening, I guess, is the better way to put it. Can we see a change happen within a certain part of the brain? And hopefully I interpreted that right for those that listen that are researchers or in academia. But, you know, that's essentially like if you think about people may have heard of like neurofilament light chain, right? It's saying, okay, can we use that to see a change happen given a treatment? So, you know, to to break it down the way I see it is like, 
okay, if you are taking a treatment for your headache, right, the goal is that the headache goes away and just doesn't get worse. And so you can kind of measure that. There's a certain part of your body, of course, that you can measure to say, okay, is this, is this working the right way? And so I bring all this up because, you know, I'm seeing the biomarkers, and one of them is a, they talk about neuroimaging, and they're talking about a PET scan and MRI scan, and I'm like, Dude, I've been talking about this for a while now. I talk about neuroimaging and and how this is what we should be doing. And it, and again, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a researcher, but like, there's so much data out there that I was able to come across saying that neuroimaging could be a, a useful kind of measurement tool in these studies. And yes, again, there's a lot more complexity that goes into it. But I'm like, okay, you take my brain. You know, and I'm I'm pre-symptomatic, gene positive, and you take a healthy person's brain. Well, of course, you're going to see differences in it if you do a scan uh, or neuroimaging. And so my thought is like, there's the, in my opinion, there's the key for me to be able to participate in a study by saying, hey, like, let's let me take that risk to and use you know a PET scan or MRI to really dive deeper into are there changes happening and are they good changes? Yep, absolutely. And it's something you've been saying, I swear, um, since, you know, we started with this whole thing um, at the beginning of 2021 and, you know, after Roche reported stuff and, and we were having conversations, it, it's literally one of the first things that you said to me. I don't understand why we aren't using this type of stuff so we can participate. And it's funny to see it. You know now where they're where they're confirming you know what you said um so i'm very I'm very happy to see it because um one, I think it's it's good that they're finally announcing it because that gives us an opportunity when we go to the f d a to say, you know here at this conference, this is what they you know reported and and this is what research is showing and and this backs up what we're saying. So um, I think that's the good part about it. But obviously it's also like, okay, well, how long have we known this, you know, and why is it just now being released? But, again, research takes time, um, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they have to make sure that everything is safe before they do it. So I get that part of it too. But, yeah, it just cracks me up that you've been saying it now since last year, and now they're reporting it. (laughs) yeah i mean i think the big thing is that's frustrating is just like it's just funny that i was able to find data on this and it's just kind of like suddenly that and i'm not trying to take credit away from the person who started discussing pet scan and what in their findings i think that's only more proof that this is needed but it's like at the same time what's what was the holdup that made it be the way it is right and i don't know it right because research does take time like you said but if it was something i just hope it wasn't something where it's like okay we needed to come from a certain person or we needed to come from a certain area right and you know we see that in any sector that it, it you know it's like you need you need the right person to say it for it to actually make sense and is it because you know, when I was talking with some researchers about it, you know, them saying, well, it's a little complex. 
and now suddenly it's not complex. I'm like, okay, so where was the difference? Is it because I'm not a scientist and researcher, but I just happen to look at data that was public, you know, that was public. You mean so, you're smart you know, and you're not a yeah. researcher. <laughs> I'm not a researcher. I know. Maybe I got into the wrong field. Maybe I got to go back and get my PhD and then uh, we'll see. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you I should think do it's, it. it's cool. no, no, no more, <laughs> no more school for me. But I think, you know, it, it's good to see some of these updates in animal models. And I think that's the other thing that we have to remind ourselves of. And I, I just know, you know, HE Buzz has done a great job uh, as, along with other, you know, scientists, researchers, like animal models or animals in general, right, have different cells than humans, right? Things that we see in animals are very different. And so, yes, it's great to see it, but then how do we apply it to the human body and making sure that, you know, it might work the same way. So, you know, the the other part I'm curious, Lauren, if you had a chance to see it was, about this new staging system and I know that that was that's been something that's brought up and what I like about it it's kind of like the cancer space right like you have you know stage one versus stage three versus stage four breast cancer right or advanced ovarian cancer or whatever the case is right and it kind of stages it based off of the severity and to see that in Huntington's disease I think is really cool I think it's just a matter of, you know, how how it was set up. You know, I'm wondering, um, you know, I'm always curious. I'm like, what stage do I fall into? And like, you know, is it going to end up being a more uh, more me overthinking it? If I think I'm in stage zero, but they tell me I'm in stage two. Right. So here's what I love, because this actually was one of my favorite posts to see is that um, Dr. Sarah Tabrizi um, was talking about her staging system uh, with Dr. Jeff Long. And mm-hmm. I just, I love that they're doing it. And there's a couple of reasons. One, she's doing it for research, right? But it actually could transfer over to the diagnostic side um, where you are meeting with a neurologist. And when you're being diagnosed or you get your genetic um, test result you could be staged right then. And the benefit of that, if it does go, you know, if it's not just for the clinical trial purposes, but for the diagnostic side of, you know, diagnosing HD, then we're looking at a world opening up for us for resources, uh, mental health resources, uh, being able to go to a neuropsychiatrist early, um, and get baseline testing. And so I think that that's the positive side of things, right? Could open up so many doors by having a staging system. Um, I think, like you said, the negative side is, well, are we going to sit there and start thinking, well, no, I've got to be stage one when you're stage two or whatever. And I think that ultimately it's good because we're getting in with a neurologist early, right? So our, mm-hmm. as pre-symptomatic, we're not going to a neurologist for Huntington's. And we don't have that annual visit like somebody who is symptomatic or, you know, more than one time a year, maybe every six months. Mm-hmm. And this would give us the opportunity 
to go at the beginning and we would be followed. And so moving from stage one to stage two is not going to be as scary and it's going to be more accurate because we're seeing a professional more. And so I think that ultimately it's going to be good for us because I think we, in this pre-symptomatic stage where everybody thinks that we're not dealing with anything, in reality we are, and um, and they just don't know it because to go to a neurologist, and this kind of helps with that, um, and, and it kind of makes it a little bit easier for us. And it's going to take a change in our mindset and the HD community is basically what it is. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to change this idea that we are, that we're dying from HD and start acting like we're living with it. Because now if we have a staging system and we start at say, you know, after you get a positive test and you don't have any symptoms, if you were, you know, stage zero, whatever, it, it, you're now living with HD. And people live with diseases all the time. So why not us? Um, instead of waiting until we're symptomatic to start doing all of our treatments and everything. Absolutely. And I think the other interesting thing is also making sure it's being implemented, right? I know it's a new thing, and so it takes time. And, I mean, we live in a society that no one likes change. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. But I think it's it's about really – implementing that in these studies but you know then when you are diagnosing someone it's, it's again you're giving them an option right i mean it unfortunately there's always the kind of wait and see option and then you can come back for a follow-up but i think it's also like what are my options right now it's just essentially wait until i'm sick and versus okay at least maybe i can get into a study or maybe i can you know, mm -hmm. do an observational study, right? Uh, I can exactly. participate in some capacity. And I think that's the, that's the thing that we really need to take away from this is like implementing the staging system, but then also trying to make sure that we're getting the right people in these observational studies, like in Roll HD. You know, I, I was following along a little bit about updates there and, you know, they collect data from thousands of people from around the world, but, the, the challenge that I, I've, I've learned about it is that there's not people like you and I, Lauren, and others who, who are, like, active and willing to go reach out and send an email and say, how do I participate? So how do we make mm -hmm. it easier for gene-positive, pre-symptomatic, or young adults to be able to sign up for study, like Enroll HD study, right? Like, I, I think that's what I'm, I'm learning and it's not to say, okay, enroll stinks. Like I, I, I participate, you know, I think what it is is changing the way we make sure people can easily sign up for it. So if you go to their yeah. site, right. It's, it took me a while to even figure out where do I even go to like sign up and how, Oh, I got to go to the site location. Okay. And then I got to find the site and then I got to, Oh, and then I got to email or call them. Well, if I'm an introvert and I'm like, ah, that's not really my thing. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. What do I say to them? How do I? So imagine changing all that to have a, a sign-up button that says, hey, are you interested? And someone says, yes. I say, okay, you know, what's your location? Here's the closest study or here's the closest site. Would you like to be contacted? Yes. You know, you sign your consent and then they reach out to you to set something up. 
imagine that, right? Like imagine how easy that could be for other people to get more involved in, you know, enroll HD. And I, I've talked to people and I'm like, they're like, how do I sign up? I'm like, oh, just go to the site. And then they go and they're like, wait, I don't, where do I go? And then I eventually have to look it up for them. And I was like, all right, here's the contact information. And they're like, well, what do I say to them? <laughs> and so right. it's eventually like I'm, I'm handholding, which I'm fine doing, but I can't, I can't do that with hundreds, thousands of people. About many times when it comes to observational studies and clinical trials, especially when it comes to our age range, um, is the fact that, you know, virtual, virtual studies, need to be considered because we are in a day and age where it's a reality to, you know, that it can happen. And so having something like Enroll HD virtually, which I, you know, would be a a godsend for the majority of of people. Um, And what's interesting to me, and I, and I want to take this idea. So they, they were reporting on with the, with HD buzz was reporting with, um, uh, what was it on? It was on um, Generation HD1 and where they had the tapping that they were doing at home um, and yep, doing yep. that testing like that. And so to me, it's like, okay, well, if we already have something like this that's, that's being used um, in a clinical trial, why aren't we using it in, in things like Enroll HD and making it easier for participants um, to you know, to participate, right? They're not having to go in to do those things. It could even be like an every other year thing where it's virtual and then you have an in-person or whatever, but utilizing it to make it easier for people. And it's something you've said, it's something I've said, you know, just constantly that we need to make it easier for those of us who are, you know, working full-time jobs, have kids, can't just take off, you know, and whenever and, and go and having that option would be great. And I think that really seeing all of this stuff, you mentioned the enroll HD, but also seeing what's being used um, in these clinical trials now um, really gives me hope that maybe we'll start going that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I hope so too, Lauren. And it's not, I don't hope, I mean, you know me well enough. I'm not a, negative Nancy Debbie Downer, but like knowing again that 16 years ago when I was just 15 years old and my mom was first diagnosed and misdiagnosed the prior five to seven years, you know, when she was first diagnosed hearing, you know, there's a treatment around the corner and, you know, 16 years Mm -hmm. later, I'm still here waiting for that. And, you know, unfortunately I, I have friends who are now, you know, at the stage where they may start to show minor symptoms. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the scary thing for me, to be honest, is like, you know, it's different from knowing my mom who was already sick, right? Or seeing people at convention, at the HSA convention or other conferences who may already be showing symptoms to knowing the people who I've kind of grown up with in the HD community now developing potential symptoms or developing symptoms. And so it's, I know science can only move so fast, but at the same time, I think that's why we really need to push for the way we change, like the way we look at HD needs to be viewed differently and we can't Mm -hmm. wait for others to make that happen. We have to make that happen as a community. And I, I, I truly believe we can do it if we get the right, you know, if we get the community 
to understand like the urgency, right? Like, and I know people do understand the urgency, but I think it's not just yelling and making noise and saying, what do we need to do to make this happen? Who do we need to speak with? What, what data do we need to gather to really change the way we look at it and then implement that so that people like you and I and many others don't have to wait until we're sick. We can participate in a study and say, hey, I'm willing to take that risk, right? Like, I'm, I'll sign your informed consent. You know, it's my choice to make that decision to participate because right now the alternative is just to wait and continue to yep. wait and wait and wait. But what do I have to lose? Exactly. Exactly. What do I have to lose? And I feel the exact same way, Seth. You know, it. I don't want to sit and wait because I know that it, you know, it scares me every single day. It's right around the corner, right? Like we, that's constantly on my mind and I want to be here for my kids. So I don't, I don't have the time to wait. And if it means participating in something and signing something and saying, yes, I will take on this risk, then I'm happy to do it because it's at least something, um, which is better than nothing. And, you know, and that's why, you know, I know it, it's this way for you as well. That's why we're so involved in observational studies, right? Because that also moves research forward and we have to have people participate. But if we could be part of the clinical trials as well, especially with what research is showing us, that the earlier you you deal with it, the better it is, then it just makes sense to me to have us participate. And not only that, but because we know so much, our generation knows so much about HD because we've been caregivers. We've been, you know, the ones who have been at risk and we're gene positive and we're literally living our lives waiting for this, monster to pop up right and so who is better to know what the patient wants than us um and why not use our knowledge of what we went through with our parent and what we're facing today as we move into this next part of our lives um to make a a clinical trial that is not just going to move faster because it will because I mean, you're dealing with the specific issue, you know, design trial issues, but um, it's just going to be more efficient overall. So mm -hmm. I just think there's so many ways that we as a community can really get involved, speak up, um, and and just say, hey, it's time to, like you said, it's time to look at this differently, and it's time to start um, to start using people earlier and um, really hearing us. Yeah, the one thing the one thing I will just minor tweak is saying instead of using us, I'm saying working with us, right? Like, yes. It, and I, and I know I knew I knew you meant that, <laughs> but right, it's yes. like an understanding that like yeah, you, use me, like here here you go. <laughs> but <laughs> no, that's not know, what I meant. <laughs> I, no, I know that. I know. So, but, you know, you got to you got to joke about these things sometimes. I think oh, that's just the great thing about life. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Right? We got they got to be working with us, alongside us, and not waiting for their timeline. Right? We we've talked about this as well. Like, it's our timeline. It's it's we don't have time to just sit around and wait. Like, what can we do now? And I know that there's a lot of 
you know, uh, maybe red tape or regulatory for some of these opportunities. But I think how do we change that as well so that we can loosen up the red tape a little bit or show that there is this need. And I know that, you know, we'll be trying to figure out ways to do that um, over the next year and, and beyond. But, you know, I think just ultimately with the CHDI conference, right, it's, it's exciting to hear these updates. HD Buzz on, on Twitter does a great job at it, kind of breaking it down. And then they'll probably, I don't want to, you know, put them on the spot, but they usually put out articles to recap each day. So hopefully they do that again this year. And so it's just kind of continuing to hear that and then trying to continue to move forward and use this momentum and not say, okay, let's just wait and wait until the next update, which is going to probably be at the HGSA convention in June. Like, let's not wait until that time period. Let's continue to work hard, continue to collaborate. Let's continue to make a difference. Absolutely. Um, I totally 100% agree. I'm so glad that you came on to talk with me. These are actually my favorite um, shows because I really love the back and forth and just kind of as we see things come up, um, just being able to, to talk about it and give opinions. And because I think it matters um, to others. They want to know what's important. But I'd like to know before you go, Seth, I'd like to know what your favorite tweet so far has been as far as the research shared. Oh, man. I mean, I, I, I might have to go back to the one about the neuroimaging being, uh, you know, potentially used because I'm like, man, I, I said this for, you know, said this since last year. And, and again, not not to say that I was right, but I think I was a little bit right if, if I saw that. And so that was that was probably one of my favorite ones just to see because it's kind of like, you know, when you're like, you think you might be right, but then you're like, ah, probably, probably uh, you know, and then people kind of like turn you down. They're like, no, you're wrong. Or no one mm-hmm. actually said that to me, but saying, hey, we got to wait. And then you finally see that. And you're like, no, like, this is awesome. Like, you know, and I think that's kind of what got me excited was to, to see that. But I think knowing that even seeing some tweets saying like some of this will help us um, with potentially getting you know these pre-manifest pre- or, pre- or pre-symptomatic patients in the you know potential studies you know that excites me and mm-hmm. I think you know that's that was kind of a few of my favorites was just kind of seeing those updates but what about you what about well I know that I saw you uh, retweeted and liked a couple so which one could have kind of stood out for you so actually the neurofilament light is probably my favorite. Um, and I'm going to read the actual tweet so people know what we're talking about. So the tweet is one biomarker that's been defined in HD is neurofilament light. It turns out it's a really great biomarker. Dr. Rosinski found that just looking at this one protein can predict HD status. Wow. And so that it made me really excited. Um, one, because you've been saying it for so long, but two, just, the fact that it can predict your HD status and it's, it's not that complicated um, as far as, you know, getting that implemented in clinical trials. So I love it. I love that it's something that 
you have been mentioning. I love that, you know, they found that it's a great biomarker, and I hope that it gets implemented quickly into things. Um, and I think my other one is the Sarah Tabrizi, Dr. Sarah Tabrizi one. Um, but overall, just um, I just love the feel of the fact that everybody, everything that I am seeing is that the sooner you get, you know, to HD, the better it is. And, the, you know, the more chance there is of treating it um, compared to waiting. And um, and that's just the feel overall. And these pharmaceutical companies are finally starting to see that. And they're saying, you know, we want people who are earlier with less disease burden. And they're starting to include that in their in their trials as they start to design these things. And that's exciting um, because that's not something that we've had for the past 10 years, right? Like I've been dealing with this for 16 years too and mm-hmm. longer actually. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, it's just the feel of it. The fact that everybody's kind of moving in that same direction um, that made me feel really good. Um, and, you know, that we finally are at a point of a biomarker um, is just truly amazing to me um, and gives me a little bit of hope. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that's how I feel. But I really appreciate you coming on and kind of talking with me about this. I always love having you on. I appreciate it. No, no pressure or anything, huh, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I, I mean, I, I definitely, I know, I know, but I, I do appreciate you just thinking of, of me and I know eventually one of these days we'll get, you know, you, me and BJ on, on one of these podcasts again and just continue to provide updates of, of what, we're do, what we're doing and how we can rally the community. I, I will say it's just, it's great when there's, you know, people from the community who I've never met who I've reached out after a podcast episode, actually, Lauren, saying, hey, I heard your podcast, like, podcast, like, how can I help? And I'm like, oh, that's awesome, right? So it shows that, like, what we discuss, it doesn't just impact us. It impacts so many people in the HD community and that, you know, we can be a voice for them as well as ourselves. But let's continue to, you know, I'm going to say shake, shake some trees. That's right. I like it. Um, and, I, and I'm so glad that people are reaching out to you. I want to point out, too, that I'm getting contact from people from all over, right? I've gotten um, emails from um, all, different kind, all different countries. Um, so it's really cool to see that, to have that feedback, because a lot of times I think that, you know, we're in our bubble in the U.S. and we're not looking necessarily on what's going on outside of the U.S., but um, they're dealing with this and, you know, all through the different HD communities. And mm-hmm. some have it even harder than us, and they don't even have things like enroll in their, um, in their countries yet. And so that's something to remember. So I love when somebody contacts me and, you know, they appreciate the shows that we're doing. Um, and I'm so glad that we have that following and we have people who are listening and they want to be a part of it. And before you go, too, I just kind of want to tell people, if you are interested in talking with us more and being involved in the conversation and helping to be a voice 
um, and shake those trees. We do have a Discord group that you can go to um, and join us in conversation. And um, if you want to email me at lauren at help4hd.org, that's H-E-L-P, the number four, hd.org, I am happy to invite you to the group. Um, and I can also share it on our social media pages. Um, but join us, you know, bring your opinions, bring, you know, your your passion and help us to really get things moving because um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, to change things, um, and we need voices for that. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Drop, drop in the invisible mic as we speak. <laughs> Well, thank you again, Seth. Um, We're going to end there. I do want to bring up that we have some really cool shows coming up for March. Um, We're going to do World Social Work Day on March 17th. And Dr. Bonnie Hennig, uh, Trustman, is going to be on with us. And we're going to kind of go into what social workers do and how they help um, and also just show some appreciation to them. Um, My favorite show for this month is going to be with Dr. Michael Hayden of Perlenia. Um, and that's March 24th, and um, he he has such a passion for HD, um, and so he's going to kind of share his story and share about Prolenia and what they're doing um, for in in regards to research. And then March 31st, um, Autumn and London are going to come on and talk about Autumn's Sweet 16 party and how that went, and share some photos with us and. Um, and so it's a really good lineup for this month. Please make sure that you tune in. And um, I just want to say I appreciate you all, love you all, and take care. Awesome. See you later, everyone. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.